0: everyone and welcome back to your favorite podcast. Thanks for participating. I'm Sydney and I'm Josh and this is the show where we introduce each other to things that we loved our new experiences and do them together I guess. (laughs) Did that make sense?
1: Um, Maybe you should try doing what I did on the last episode and writing down what I want to say when I try to introduce the podcast.
0: That's a good call. I'll try that next time.
1: Okay, but not this time.
0: Not this time. This time our users can, uh, our users, <laughs> wow. This time our listeners can try to uh, decipher what I was saying. Okay. Yeah, I that's that's the show. I've introduced it. Do you have anything you want to add to that?
1: No, might as well wrap up.
0: All right. This has See been thanks for week. participating. I've been Sydney. He's been Josh.
1: <laughs> or as you said last week, uh, you've been Josh and I've been
0: Sydney. <laughs> yeah, and that made you laugh so hard. <laughs> Yeah, so today we are talking about a topic that I have been obsessed with for years. I I guess I can't say obsessed with because I really liked the first few years and then I kind of thought I was cooler than that and it's in recent years I've like come back to it. Um, but we're talking about Taylor Swift.
1: Specifically the 2006 debut album, right? Right. Okay.
0: Josh, would you like to tell us why we're talking about Taylor Swift?
1: Sure. Um, So if you are a longtime listener of the show, you will know that we have recorded not one, but two episodes. Well, technically we recorded like what, four or five episodes about concerts. (laughs) Um, Three of those recordings were actually for the same episode. Um, We had to re-record it over again twice because we lost the audio it was corrupted it's a whole thing um but i had never been to a concert before until i married sydney and so we've recorded two episodes worth of experiences where sydney has taken me to concerts and introduced them to me um and slowly my appreciation and my enjoyment um of concert experiences has grown um at first it was really hard for me um and I got really stressed and anxious and uh, overstimulated by the lights and noises. Uh, for example, when we went to the Hella Mega Tour um, with Green Day and Fallout Boy and Weezer.
0: You were not having I, a good time.
1: I had to take uh, a few breaks and go hide in the bathroom just so I could decompress because of all of the the bright lights and uh, loud music and stuff. The
0: super drunk girl in front of us who kept trying to get you to stand up did not help either.
1: <laughs> um But, um, recently I've gotten a lot better. Um, I even have, like Sid bought me these like musician, I don't know if they're specifically for musicians, but like there are these like earbuds that I keep on my keychain. that like if I'm ever out in public, um, and I get overstimulated, I can put them in and they're like so useful for concerts and even football games that we go to. Um, it's made it so much easier. They're like these little earbuds that like are specifically designed to just, um, not muffle the sound but decrease the decibels but still keeping the clarity of like the the sound coming so it's great for music and stuff and you know things like that and the continued exposure to those kinds of environments i've gotten more used to it and so when sydney noticed that taylor swift announced more dates for her eras tour and saw that she was going to be in New Orleans on Sid's birthday. We took that as a sign that one, um we had not seen the heiress tour, and we really or Sid really wanted to. and it was going to be on her birthday. And we have not been to New Orleans, and that would be a great excuse to travel to Louisiana,
0: yeah, that's for the like, first time that's like next on our bucket list of like places to go was i I think New Orleans was like number one.
1: Yeah, we have a, a map that we that hangs up in our living room. It's one of those scratch-off United States maps. And um, we scratch off a new state that we have traveled together. And we would talk about like, okay, so of the ones that we haven't scratched off yet, which one is the one that we'd most like to go to next? And it was already probably Louisiana.
0: Yeah, I think the two that we've talked about are Louisiana and then Montana for Glacier National Park. Yeah. So guess it's Louisiana.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. So that and the fact that um, buying ticket or trying to get tickets now would be a lot like I would be much more likely to enjoy the concert than had we tried to get tickets the first like wave of the tour, right?
0: Yeah, I think the first wave of the tour, I just like didn't really care to go see it.
1: Oh, you didn't care either.
0: Well, it's not that I didn't care. It's just that I was kind of like, oh, like, it's just, it's going to be so expensive and they're not coming to our, like, she's not coming to our state. So, like, and this, this wasn't the year for us to, like, do a big trip to go out of state anyway. And so, um, you know, I was just kind of like, oh, well, it is what it is. And, but then I started seeing, like, all the Like videos of the Eras Tour and my friends went, um, and they said it was so fun, and I was like, and it was like all of her hits too from like all of the albums. It was like the best of Taylor Swift, which like those are my favorite concerts when they're just like the best of. Um, like I went to Paramore concert last year. It, It was. The same thing where it was, like, right before the new album came out. And so it's just, like, their greatest hits. And it was incredible. Like, those are my favorite kinds of concerts. And I've loved Taylor Swift since I was, like, a little girl, basically. Like, when her first album came out, my aunt gave it to me for, like, my birthday. Pre- uh, for my birthday. And I, like, taught myself guitar and, like, grew up, like, learning her music and stuff. And so I just was, like... Ugh. I just we have to bite the bullet and do it, you know, and <laughs> yeah. like I, I even like wasn't going to do it like to try to get tickets. And then Josh, like, you know, I half jokingly brought it up with Josh and I was like, oh, should we like sign up for the Eras tour? And he was like, yes, yes, you should. And he was serious. And I really wasn't. So I was like, fine, whatever. Like, I'll just do it.
1: I didn't know how it worked. I didn't I didn't even know realize how difficult it was to get tickets. So you were like, we'll sign up for a pre-sale code or whatever. And then you're like, the next day you're like, oh, we got a pre-sale code. And I was like, I don't know what that means, but like, <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I thought that meant like you could, like you were guaranteed like that you could buy tickets before they went on real sale or something. And mm. so then the day of, yes, like so that they went on sale or whatever, you texted me. You're like, I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. And I was like, what are you nervous about? Like, <laughs> you got the code.
0: Yeah. So like. Even when I got the code, I, like, wasn't – I still wasn't, like, that serious because I was, like, I just, like, really don't want to spend the money. Like, there are other things that we could spend the money on that we, like, really should.
1: Keep in mind, this is for, like, like, this would be buying tickets for concert 14 months in advance.
0: Yeah. and But, like, you know, I just, like, there are smarter ways we could spend our money. And so I just, like, was, like, whatever. And I even had a meeting – at work scheduled like when the tickets went on sale and so I was like I'll just like have it up on my phone in the meeting and if I get tickets great and if I don't it's whatever and then the day of I'm like I actually really want this like I probably should move my meeting so like it was like on the train up to work when I was like when I decided I was like no I actually need to be serious about that. So then I, like, walked into work, and I was like, "Uh, hey, can we move our 2 o'clock meeting? And they are like, yeah, sure. They, like, didn't even ask questions, and I was like, cool. So then (laughs) on my lunch break, I, like, well, like, all day during work, I had it up on – because I have three monitors – or I had three monitors at my job, and so I had it up on one of the monitors um, with, like, the countdown going. And then when I got into the waiting room, I, like, got in, like, right as it switched over – and, um like, had that up on my monitor. And then I, like, officially, like, took my lunch break at 2 when the tickets opened. And then I got placed in the waiting room at, like, 5,900 or something. um, And it was crazy because, like, I – so I watched a lot of TikTok videos on the train up. At work to prepare to like learn all the tips and tricks and okay. stuff because it, it from what I've seen like it really is like such a bloodbath where like people will like select tickets and then they'll try to check out and then someone else will have already like bought the tickets before they could the get tickets. To the tickets yes the tickets they will have bought the tickets before they could even get to the checkout. Oh, man. And so then they would have to go back and select more. And, like, people would have to select, like, three or four times before they would get it. And so I get in, and I'm, like, panicked. And I just went to, like, the first, like, back section I could see because I was like, we're buying nosebleeds. And so I went to, like, the back section, and I selected the first two tickets I found. They were kind of, like, basically the front row of that section. And then I checked out, and it worked. And I like bought them and everything, and it was just like so easy for me. And I was like, "This is crazy," because I've seen people like go to the checkout and then get kicked back to the queue. And like,
1: oh my god, like
0: Ticketmaster has just like not handled this thing well. And they like, like it was better for sure than the first round because like my friends who went to the concert, my friend waited on online for eight hours trying to get the tickets
1: holy cow
0: um and she did luckily but hers were like the very back of their section and um she was just like lucky to have gotten them and so um it was just crazy like how easy it was for me because i wasn't expecting that at all and i know a lot of other people like weren't as lucky as i was but i'm
1: yeah, I have no like, idea. I
0: guess it's a sign then that like we are meant to see the era's <laughs> tour. We are meant to
1: see the era's tour. That's funny because
0: I did everything to like try to avoid it, basically because I was so nervous about spending the money. But here we are. So,
1: wow. Yeah, I just I was so confused. You were like, you texted me at, like, at least three different times about like you were so nervous or like you were shaking or something. I and I was, <laughs> I was like, what is there to be nervous about? Like I thought you were trying to say like. I'm still, like, I'm nervous because I don't want to spend money. I didn't realize it was, like, nervous because you didn't know if you were going to get the tickets or not. I thought the tickets were already a done deal. I I, I had no idea that it was, like, even difficult to get tickets for this concert.
0: Yeah, and, like, my big boss was, like, in work that day and, like, sitting across from me. And I was just trying to play it, like, so cool because he was, like, basically, like, looking at me the entire time. Wow. Yeah.
1: It reminds me of, uh, well, one, while you were explaining that whole thing, it made me think about um, when we went to Disneyland right after the new Star Wars land ride opened, Rise of the Resistance, Mm -hmm. and how they didn't have a standby line at all for like the first several months or whatever. And you could only ride it with a virtual queue. And you had to, like, reserve your spot on the virtual queue, like, right at, like, 6 or 7 in the morning, like, via the app. And we, like, tried the first day. And, like, like right at 7 o'clock, all of the queue spots were, like, uh, gone for the rest of the day. And so, like, the next day, like, we watched, like, YouTube videos about, like, how to make sure you get it and get, have it on two people's things and make sure you're, like – have, like, an atomic clock, so you're refreshing it, like, right at the right second, and so.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's basically the same principle where, like, right at, uh, you know, right at 1.30, you're, like, getting in the queue, like, the waiting room, uh-huh. and then, like, waiting for it to turn over, and then you get placed in the queue, and then as soon as, like, you're at the front, it's, like, go time.
1: Okay, here's my question. Is this typical for, like, concerts, um, like, for... Per, like current artists when they like go on tour and stuff, is this kind of experience like t- typical or is this like more specific to Taylor Swift?
0: It's definitely more specific to Taylor Swift. I think, you know, there are some artists that are more popular than others, right? For sure. And like, you know, like Beyonce is doing her Renaissance tour right now. And I definitely think she's like selling out stadiums. And but I don't think it's like, I don't think there's any of like the pre sale codes or anything. And I don't think. Well, I mean, I'm sure they do like pre-sale codes, but it's not like Taylor Swift where it's like if you don't get a pre-sale code, you're just like not getting a ticket, you know?
1: And that like concert dates are selling out over a year in advance within a couple hours?
0: Yeah, because like that Paramore concert that I mentioned, I actually did pre-sale for that too. Okay. Um, But I actually forgot that I signed up for pre-sale and, like, got a pre-sale code. And so I think it opened at, like, 10 o'clock or whatever. And I was also at work. <laughs> and it opened at 10 o'clock, and I was just, like, bored at work. And then I was, like, at 10.30, I was like, oh, I think that I got the pre-sale code for Paramore, and that's open now. I guess I should go in and see if there's still, like, tickets available. And it was at, like, the Saltair, which, like, isn't even, like, that big of a venue in... Uh, salt Lake City, like normally the big names will go to Vivint or, or I guess it's the Delta Center again now, um, or like the Grizzly Stadium. What's that called? Like The East, Maverick Center? The E Center or the Maverick Center. Yeah. I think it used to be the E Center, but like the big names will like go there and stuff because they have more seats. And like the Salt is just like this random venue on the Salt Flats that's like standing room only. Um But even, like, for them, like, I went in at, like, 1030 and there were, like, still tickets available. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, snag two for, like, one for me, one for my sister and, like, just called it good. So I think, like, you know, there are, like, the hella mega tour. Like, there are always going to be artists that can sell out stadiums like that. But I don't think they're going to, like, sell them out as fast as Taylor Swift.
1: it's not going to be as much of a bloodbath. Right. Gotcha. I just like, I'm so just like surprised because I'm, I am very much on the outside of the, the Swifty environment. And so it, w- it was kind of like interesting to like, uh, cause I was just so like unaware of like what the Ares tour was or how hard it was going to be to get tickets. And this, I saw like a TikTok video of someone saying that Taylor Swift right now is comparable to like Michael Jackson in his prime. And that he's like that she's you like it would be fair to say that she's the Michael Jackson of like today's uh music artists. And I saw that person being dragged constantly like on TikTok people saying like like imagine having such a terrible take to say that Taylor Swift is like Michael Jackson. Hey, okay,
0: how many of those people dragging her are just like doing it for the misogyny though? Like
1: <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point.
0: Because like I mean objectively, she like, the Heiress tour was insane. And, like, the popularity that she's had even in the last few years. Because it's just, like, crazy. Like, you know, Beatles, like, Michael Jackson level of, like, everyone's trying to see them and stuff. And, right.
1: Is there another, like, performer right now that has a tour that is, like, on the same level as the Eras tour?
0: Right. I think the only thing that's comparable right now would be the Renaissance tour by Beyonce. Which from what i'm hearing is incredible but l- l- it wasn't nearly the same rush to get tickets for beyonce that it was for taylor swift
1: interesting um one thing that you mentioned that i i wanted to like clear like clear up on the podcast cuz i have also been unsure um again for our listeners like sydney had to tell me what an album was because i <laughs> ha- like had no experience or Um, introduction to music before I started dating Sydney and she has um, since we've been dating and since we've been married slowly introduced me to more and more types of music um, more artists and and it's been slow because it's really hard for me to like take in um, new information new music and then we go on road trips like she'll try to like introduce me to songs but I can only take new music for a little bit before I need a break so I originally thought that an album just meant a song on vinyl. I thought album was just the medium that you like played a song on. Um, And I realized that it's actually like the collection of songs that a artist will release at the same time. And so I also learned, I think on this podcast, that when artists go on tour, it's usually when they release an album, they go on tour and they play that new album. And so the Eras tour, I thought Taylor Swift released an album called Eras. (laughs)
0: So from my understanding, and I could be wrong on this, I think, so her last big tour that she did was the Reputation Tour. Okay. And that was a big stadium tour. Didn't sell out as fast as, like, this one did. Like, her level of popularity, I think, especially since the pandemic, has just kind of skyrocketed. And she's had kind of this, like slow comeback since Reputation, which we can, like, talk about, but, um, so that was her last big stadium tour, and then she put out Lover, and she was planning a tour for that one, and that's when the pandemic hit, and so instead of doing a tour, she stayed home and wrote for Folklore and Evermore and put those out, and then we were still kind of coming out of the pandemic, and there was no tour for that and so then she starts getting this tour together and like to be honest like folklore and evermore are not great touring albums i would say just because they're more like not like great stadium touring albums just because they're more uh like folksy and indie and like low key. Um, Not that you can't have a great concert with like that kind of music, but it's like when you go to a stadium tour, people are expecting like high energy, like normally pop or hip hop. Laser or, shows and fireworks. Y- y- and <laughs> yeah, basically like, and I'll, I'll get into that because I have some opinions about that. But okay. um, they, so then she released Midnights, but then she had these four albums that she'd like never done a tour for that she wanted to like, you know, perform and stuff. Um, You know, I don't think she just wanted to focus on Midnight's because normally, like, with an album tour, you would play, like, most of the songs off that album and then sprinkle in a couple of, like, the old hits and stuff. But I think she wanted to do a little bit more from each of the albums because she never got to tour with them. And so that's where the Airs tour kind of came in, where she's pulling stuff from almost every one of her albums. I think the debut one, which we're going to talk about today the only one where she like hasn't like she doesn't have consistently on the set list so.
1: Gotcha. Is there like a confirmed like set list for the concert?
0: Yeah okay. Um. there is a set list of 44 songs that she plays at every concert and then there's always two surprise songs that can be from any of her albums and so she has done a lot from the debut album or she has done a couple from the debut album as her surprise songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and she rotates through. Like, sh- she hasn't done um, any song twice. She's going on her European leg like, soon. So we'll see if she starts pulling out or if she starts repeating songs and stuff. I kind of hope she does because she's done a lot of, like, really good ones that I would love to see by the time we see her. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And she has, like, like when uh, Taylor's version of... Uh, what's the one that just came out? Speak now. When Taylor's version of Speak Now came out, she did add like one or two
1: more songs from Speak Now. That's another thing I want to talk like ask about is the Taylor's version of albums. But let's let's try to jump into the debut album and like talk about it. And then if we have time on this episode, let's. I want to ask you about like the Taylor's version. If not, I think. Our plan. So our plan right now is like obviously, I am very excited to go to um, see this concert. However, I know practically zero Taylor Swift songs, and um, in my experience, my enjoyment level of a concert is extremely hindered by by not knowing any of the music that the artist is performing. Um, so when we went to see the Hella Mega tour i did try pretty hard to learn a lot of the music that green day was performing that fall out Boy was performing and the songs that i did know i loved seeing it performed live and so now we have you know 14 months um or i guess 13 months now to learn the taylor swift songs um and i thought well might as well just start at the beginning and go through each album and we thought hey we have a podcast why don't we just go through each album um, and talk about uh, listening to it for the first time on the podcast. So today is our first in the Taylor Swift series. And we're talking about the – It's called. people call it the debut album, but it's not called debut, right? If you wanted to find it, you'd have to look up – it's called yeah, Taylor it's, Swift. It's
0: self-titled, yeah. Right. So I <laughs> – this is of another era, but one year for my birthday, I got a CD player with a tape player on front, um, and, like, well, my aunts knew, or I guess my aunt knew that my parents was were going to get me this, and so she bought me, like, the Taylor Swift album, um, which was interesting because, like, I'd never really, like, heard of her. I'm It was, like, you know, the first... Uh, when she first came out I think I was around eight and um, I wasn't really into country either and this was when she was like country like yeah like this was her most country album for sure and I was kind of like okay uh, is she
1: from like so country music is like western cowboy slash southern right right is she like where's she from
0: Pennsylvania I think.
1: She's from Pennsylvania.
0: Yeah, but her parents moved the family to Nashville when she was like young. Gotcha. N- not like super young, but like like
1: But like yeah, but, if you're like, living in Nashville, there's that's we were in Nashville, it's huge country influence.
0: Right. And I the reason they moved there was for her music actually. Oh. Like I think she had started writing some stuff and they were trying to like get her discovered, so they moved her down to Nashville. <laughs> I don't know exactly how old she was. I want to say it was somewhere in, like, the 8 to 12 range, like, when she was, like, first writing. And then I think Taylor Swift, the first album was recorded when she was, like, 14, 15, in that area somewhere.
1: Because it came out, she was born in 89, right? Yes. I just know that because one of the albums is in (laughs) 1989. Yes. And then this came out in 2006, so she would have been, what is that, 17 when it was released?
0: So recorded
1: like 15 or 16 or something? Yeah,
0: something like that. Um, Yeah, and uh, that was like, so I put that CD in my little CD player (laughs) (laughs) and uh, I listened to it and I was like, oh, I actually like really like this. And so then I started learning some of the songs on guitar and stuff and uh, kind of doing my thing.
1: On the steel guitar? Uh, No. (laughs) I I noticed a couple of songs had that... this was a very twangy album for sure.
0: Oh, yeah. This was like her leaning heavily into the country one. I think so. Her first three albums were the only ones that were, were like classified under the genre of country. And this one for sure leaned into it the most. I think the other two kind of backed off and were a little bit more pop. But yeah. I, and I'm surprised I liked it because I really am not a fan of country music. It's uh-huh. like I want to. Like most of the time when I listen to countries and sorry for all you country fans out there, but I really just want to like, uh, gouge my ears out. So like,
1: Hey, if, if ever there was a group of people that it's acceptable to just put down and marginalize all at one time as country music fans.
0: (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah. So, uh, I, I don't know. There are like some country songs that I can do like here and there, but, um, for the most part, I just don't want to hear it. But the, you know, this album was kind of the exception for me, and I think it is a little more pop even than like than like true country, and that's probably why I tolerated it better.
1: <laughs> okay, um, I have a question was this the Was this album like the first music that Taylor Swift had ever released, or had she released like songs apart from albums b- prior to this?
0: I'm pretty sure this was the first thing she ever released. Um, I can look that up just to double check, but Okay. I I think she just kind of dropped an album.
1: We need a a Taylor Swift historian to come on the podcast and tell us about how it went.
0: I know. It's like I know uh I know a few things about Taylor Swift, but like as much like as long as I've listened to her, like I liked her like country albums and then once she moved to pop it was like the it was like the time in like 2012 when the radio was dominated by Katy Perry and the Black Eyed Peas and all of this pop music that was just like really terrible and so I thought like (laughs) I hate pop music and I refused to listen to anything that was pop music and so when she dropped red I was like I don't even like care and then like. The singles that came off of it were, like, I Knew You Were Trouble and, like, 22 and, like, not the best songs on that album. Like, they're, I mean, they're not, like, terrible, but, like, there are way better songs on Red. And if I had listened to the other ones, I would have liked it, but it was just, like, it took me a while to realize that I didn't actually hate pop music. I just hated 2010's pop music. <laughs> and, like... That's when I started, like, coming back around, and that kind of was, like, really the last few years. So for, like, as long as I've, like, known her music and, like, been a fan, like, I there were a few years where I was kind of like, oh, well, she's, like, lame now, so I, like, don't want to listen to her. So I, like, I'm not, like, the biggest, like, I don't know all the facts like some people do, and I know there are some people that will, like, jump down your throats for, like, the inaccuracies and whatever. And so I guess people can jump down my throats for that.
1: I just I saw a TikTok tock um, where they were trying to predict that Taylor Swift was going to announce the 1989 Taylor's version at the specific concert date because of all of these like clues and ciphers and like between the lines and hints from way back when. And I was just like, holy cow, like. This like whole fandom has like its own lore.
0: Like Oh, it totally does. We and need to
1: get like a hardcore like lore master for uh, like a Taylor Swift lore master to come on and educate us.
0: Yeah, no, seriously. And you know what? Taylor Swift herself loves it and like leans into it. Like she will plan things out like years in advance and she will start like dropping hints and Easter eggs like here and there. And so like these things that people are picking up on, like it's not just like crazy conspiracy theorists, like grasping at straws, like Taylor Swift herself is like leaving clues and stuff like that, that she wants her fans to like, uh, theorize on and like go down rabbit holes and stuff. It's like, Like,
1: um, you know, like, J.R.R. Tolkien wrote like a fiction, like a work of fiction. But like now, there are legit Tolkien professors and like Elvish scholars who like study like like the lore of Middle Earth like academically. And I wonder if like in fifty years, there are going to be people studying the lore of like Taylor Swift fans academically.
0: No, seriously, like she is just built up. This network about her, and there are all these theories about boyfriends, about friends. Um, it goes really deep, and we can get into some of that on like some of the later, some of, like the later albums. We can like get into like some of the stuff at the time, but um, and I don't even know all of it. I just know like a little bit of it, but it is, it's crazy. Like it really is. But there's not much for this like first album.
1: Okay. So let's jump into the debut album. I have listened to it all the way through at least four times since last weekend. Um, I started listening to it when we were cleaning up the house because we were going to have company over. I I had a couple days off of work this week, and so I spent a lot of time cross-stitching. And so I would listen to it. I even pulled it up on YouTube today and watched the album through with the lyrics.
0: Wow. So that I, I can I'm be impressed. super prepared. <laughs> so what are your
1: thoughts? So my my initial thoughts, the first time through, I was surprised there were at least three songs that I was familiar with already, I think from the radio. Um, I didn't know the words, but I was just like, oh, I've definitely heard this before. I thought this would be like a clean slate, Going into it, I expected to know none of the songs. But there were a few that I was at least familiar or like sounded really familiar. And I think those were Teardrops on My Guitar, um, Our Song, and maybe Picture to Burn. And maybe Picture to Burn, I think, might be only familiar because you've showed it to me before.
0: That was Our Song.
1: I don't think so. I think you showed me Picture. Isn't that the one where she changed the lyric?
0: Yes. But I also showed you Our Song.
1: Right, but I just didn't remember. Yeah, this
0: was when we were driving down to uh, those hot springs for our anniversary. We were like driving down on the way and it came up on my Spotify and I was like, oh, I haven't listened to this one in so long. It's one of my favorites off this album. Really? And I was singing along and I was like, have you heard this song? And you were like, no. And then afterwards I was like, that was Taylor Swift. And you were like, wait, really? And I was like, yeah.
1: (laughs) So let me ask you, Out of this album, if, like, this album was just, like, on your, like, shuffle playlist or whatever, how many of the songs would you skip, if any?
0: Maybe just one. Which one? Perfectly Good Heart. I just think that one's kind of weak, like, compared to the rest of them. But that being said, I don't think I could, like, I don't think I would enjoy listening to this album As a whole, for the most part. Like, I think it's better in a shuffle playlist kind of situation.
1: And so I'm just saying, if these songs were sprinkled into a shuffle playlist and any of them came up in the shuffle, would you skip them?
0: Yeah, probably just Perfectly Good Heart. What about you?
1: Okay. Um, Quite a few of them. Really? Not as many as I thought, to be honest. Um, I enjoyed way more of this album than I expected going in. Um, But here's the ones that I would skip. Um, Cold as You, The Outside, Tied Together with a Smile, Stay Beautiful, which when I was listening to it, you know, front to back, those four are like right together in the middle. So it's just kind of like this. For me, it was just this like boring lull in Uh, the album.
0: I think those songs sound the most like Disney Channel. Really, yeah, don't you think it, it like it reminds me of like Hannah Montana really um actually there's one song that like totally reminded me of I might even be a rock star when I was like listening through again to like record this podcast and I'm trying to remember which one it was
1: there was a couple I don't know if it's Disney channel or just a Disney channel star that made music. But there were a couple of songs on here too, where I expected the music to like, when it built up to the chorus, I was like expecting what the next line would be to be something that sounded like very Disney channel, but it wasn't. (laughs) Um, but then there's two more that I would skip and it's invisible. And then also a perfectly good heart. Um, it's just like for me, music, if it's not, upbeat and like it gets me dancing it's very hard to like capture my attention and it's like boring and sometimes like painful there were a couple songs on here like um teardrops on my guitar like that's like not a super upbeat song it's you know more of a i don't want to say slow song but you know you know what i'm saying right yeah but i was really surprised at how you know enjoyable and like into into that music i was
0: yeah, that was the lead single off this song. Probably the most popular song, I would say. I figured say.
1: it was because there's when I pull up on Spotify, there's two versions. There's radio single mix and pop version.
0: Yeah, and I prefer radio single mix. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: well, I listened to them back to back and I couldn't hear a difference. I wonder if it was just, was it like the instrumentation?
0: Yeah, I think a little bit. Gotcha. Um, yeah, just they cut a little bit too, I think. To fit the radio time.
1: Gotcha. What is your favorite song on this album?
0: I'd say that's a tie between Picture to Burn and our song. Really? Yeah. Picture to the Burn is the one that she changed the lyrics on. There's like what people call the homophobic version and then like the normal version. Um, I'm not like a member of the LGBTQ community, but I have talked to like a couple of people which obviously, like, aren't super representative. And I think, from what I understand, the homophobic dub for it is kind of more of, like, a tongue-in-cheek because, um, like, there's a line, the line is, so go and tell your friends that I'm obsessive and crazy. That's fine. I'll tell mine that you're gay. And I think it's kind of, from what I understand, it's just kind of like a joke that's like, well, I'll tell them you're gay, meaning you're, like, off the market and, like, no girls are going to want to date you because they think you're into men, not women. So it's like, that's kind of the way that I took it. But I think, you know, in the context of like country music and like deep South and what it means to be gay in the South, it also could like kind of be like a doxing thing where you're like, well, he's gay, so like go make fun of him, you know?
1: Right. That's interesting. Um, Okay, my favorite song might be should have said no really yeah
0: i do like that one
1: i think that one just like either that one or um which one i think i'm only me when i'm with you that one my those two are like the closest like to pop from this album mhm um and just the i feel like let me let, let me just double check i think it's i'm only me when i'm with you like opens with like a more of an electric guitar than, like, an acoustic guitar.
0: Yeah, it does.
1: Yeah. Definitely. So, like, those two songs, um, just, like, from the beginning, I'm just, like, I'm more into it than the other ones. Right. But close behind um, would be um, Teardrops on My Guitar and um, probably our song also.
0: I think Teardrops on My Guitar, I would like more if it didn't get so much radio play back in the day. Oh, really? Because I I think, you know, sometimes there are songs that are, like, pretty decent. Like, they're not, like, the best song that's ever been written, but they're not, like, terrible. And I enjoy them, and I would just enjoy them. But then you put them on the radio, and the radio plays them to death, and then some more. And then I just get really sick of the songs and, like, never want to hear them again. And I think... Teardrops on My Guitar is like kind of one of them. Um, you Belong With Me on Fearless is another one where it's like that song got played so much. And I like this song, but now I just never want to listen to it because I heard it everywhere in 2008 or whatever.
1: There were, there were a couple of these songs, like for example, The Outside or Tied Together with a Smile and also Invisible, where it's like, I listened, it's like, I know I listened to this song. In preparing to talk about it on the podcast, I pulled up the lyrics, and I was like, just in case I needed to talk about it, I have all the lyrics, like, on a notes app, like, each song and the <laughs> lyrics. And I was like, even reading through the lyrics, it's like, I listened to this at least four times, but I cannot think of how the melody goes. But, like, I remember, like, I had to have enjoyed it enough to not add it to my skips, list, um, like the skips list was just like, as I was listening to it, I'm like, ah, I'm not really enjoying this. I would skip it. But like those other songs, it's like, yeah, I enjoyed it enough, but they're just like forgettable to the fact where I like can't think of how the music goes.
0: Yeah. I think a lot of those kind of songs on this album more than any other, because, you know, she's just getting started and whatever. I think they just kind of blend into each other and sound very similar. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, you know, on later albums, obviously, I personally think Taylor Swift is one of the greatest songwriters of our generation. And you can definitely see her improve. And this was where she was at her weakest. And they all just kind of sound the same.
1: Yeah. However, name another artist that could have released a banger of an album like this when they were a teenager.
0: Right. Uh, like I'm not saying that as like a, oh this album was terrible, she was bad as a 14 well, right. <laughs> year old. Like like I still think this is a good album. Yeah, it's I still just incredible. Think when you compare it to her other things that are like cuz she has grown so much and like become better at her craft that like it's it's just natural that this would be her weakest. Right. I, you know, some bands like Imagine Dragons, they'll like release their first album and that's their best album. Or Maroon Five's another one. They'll like release their first album, it's their best, and then they just like go downhill from there. Uh huh. But I think she's one of those that like has like learned, like learns and grows and like puts out like better and better. And so, you know, you compare it in this spec, like amazing discography that she does have. It, just like pales in comparison to everything else that she's done because what she's done is like so incredible. But if you took it out of the context of the Taylor Swift disc- the Taylor Swift discography, it would probably shine brighter than it does like <laughs> compared to these, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah I get it. Uh, also, can I just get you to say discography three times fast?
0: No, <laughs> no, you cannot. Come
1: on, just try it, please.
0: Discography, discography, discography.
1: Okay, awesome.
0: It's a hard Um, word. You're making me say hard words. I I, already can't speak.
1: (laughs) When whenever I would in like junior high or high school be looking at someone's Wikipedia page, and you know there's like the section that like pulls up filmography or discography. I always thought it was filmography and discography. And I was like, discography, that's awesome.
0: (laughs) Discography, it would be a great band name.
1: It would, wouldn't it?
0: We should start a band called Discography.
1: Discography And we play exclusively not disco
0: (laughs) okay but i also love disco so
1: i just feel like the the bit would be that discos in our name but we don't play disco
0: yeah that's fair we could do that
1: okay um so question i noticed that there were there's at least three names in this album and i want to know if they correlate to people in real life and if you know the lore like Teardrops on my guitar, it lists, oops, teardrops on my guitar, uh, name drops someone called Drew. Is this someone that is familiar to you?
0: Yeah, so this is the only one I think that I actually know the lore for. I think um, all of these people are real people because she did go to like a real public high school in Nashville for at least a couple of years. While she was writing this. And so I think all of those names are real people from that high school she went to. Drew is the only one I know the story behind though. I guess she had this huge crush on him. And I'm not sure if she just like, I don't think she told him anything about. I think she just had like a crush from a distance on him. And you know, you listen to teardrops on my guitar. It kind of sounds like he's like dating someone else. Mm Mm-hmm. And so she probably just like didn't want to get in the middle of that, and was just like sad that he like wasn't like available for her to like hit on or whatever. And so she wrote a song about it, and then came out with the, like came out with this album. It's a huge success. And the real life Drew listened to it, and he was like, "Oh, that's me." And so he went with like flowers to her house because he's like, "Like I don't know what to do about that." And really? so yeah, so he went by. And was like, I'm sorry, I never noticed, like, that you were, like, flirting with me. Like, do you want to go out? Like, like, you don't have to if you don't want to. And she was like, nah, like, I'm kind of over it. Sorry. <laughs> and so it just, like, you know, it just kind of fizzled out. But I think he wasn't expecting that at all. And then it dropped and he was like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> like, she wrote a song about me.
1: <laughs> That's funny. Uh, do you know who, like, what any of the other songs are about from this album?
0: Um no not really. I think
1: Gotcha. I had I had heard that Taylor Swift had a song called Tim McGraw and I thought that was because like basically basically the only thing I know about that I had heard about Taylor Swift was oh Taylor Swift just writes songs about her exes. So I thought oh Tim McGraw must be one of her exes. That makes sense. He was a country star, she was a country star. I had and I didn't even realize, but then...
0: He's like 20 or 30 years older than her.
1: Right. <laughs> but I was thinking, well, one, I didn't know the exact age gap. I just thought, I like I figured that he was probably at least a little bit older than her. But then when I saw that this came out in 2006 and she would have been 17, I was like, oh, like thinking that Tim McGraw had like dated this teenager, <laughs> like, and that she like released this song about like that and so i was expecting that to be like a predatory song or something and then i realized that it's it's nothing to do with the actual tim mcgraw but it's when you think tim mcgraw
0: or like listen to his music yeah, yeah. That mm-hmm. it will
1: remind you of me yeah i was i just was i was like oh i did not expect this tim mcgraw song to be on her first album when she was the youngest
0: right no there are some uh like i don't think she's written any or like there is anything public about like a A minor relationship but there were definitely some relationships that we're in that she's written that she was in that she's written songs about in later albums where she's like 18 19 dating like a 29 or 30 year old oh so uh we'll get there can't wait (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) no but actually um considering how much i enjoyed the songs on this album i am like genuinely excited For the next ones, Um, especially like hearing you talk about like how it just gets better and better. Um, I'm really pumped.
0: Yeah, I was uh, I was nervous about it because I feel like I've like tried to get you to listen to her and I just don't want you to hate it. I just, (laughs) you know, that's my biggest fear when I like show you things, because sometimes I'll show you songs that I think are so incredible. Like, um, oh, what's the four seasons one that you
1: hate? The what I don't even know what that means. What four, oh. is it a band called Four Seasons? Yeah,
0: Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons. Um, you're just too good to be true. Can't take my eyes off of you. Oh, you don't like that song, and I think it's like such an amazing song. <laughs> and so it's like there are times where I show you things that are like amazing that I think you're gonna love, and you're like, actually, this is boring. And so I was worried that Taylor Swift was gonna be one of those things.
1: Um, as long as. Taylor Swift is a little more entertaining than the Indigo Girls. I think we'll be fine.
0: Babe, I still am so crushed about the Indigo Girls. I I'm am so
1: sorry. Crushed. I just... I mean, okay. it
0: makes sense because you don't like uh, lyric. You don't really listen to lyrics. And the Indigo Girls are like all about the lyrics.
1: But My favorite lyrics from the Indigo Girls is when they go, I went to the doctor... <laughs> I went to the mountain, went back to the doctor, no, no. Then I went back to the mountain. No, that's
0: not how it goes.
1: Something, 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 and hard to find. Closer to... Closer
0: I am to find? <laughs>
1: ah! Closer to all of the times. No.
0: Oh, my gosh. Okay. I was pleasantly surprised when they showed up in the Barbie movie, though. I mean, it makes sense, because it's kind of about... Like, it's a song about an existential crisis, and... Considering the whole Barbie. Oh, don't movie. remind
1: me about the Barbie movie. Um, by the way, we stand in solidarity with the writers and actors strike. This is not a promotion for uh, Warner Brothers, but uh Barbie was great. <laughs> yes.
0: Okay. That's all we're going to say on that. Okay.
1: Um, oh, what was I what were we saying before we got distracted by uh, The Indigo Girls? Girls. Uh,
0: you were saying you were excited to listen to the next Oh,
1: oh, right. Um, so I think there are quite a few songs that you have introduced me to that I genuinely enjoy. It's just really hard. Like I have to be like similarly with you like where you're like a mood person. Like you have to be in the mood to like eat somewhere. You have to be in the mood to watch something. I have to be in a mood to listen to something new and I have to be like mentally like uh prepared to um absorb because it's like the when I listen to a new song, it's like there are lyrics and there's music and there's or there's there's lyrics, then there's like the melody to the the lyrics, like the vocals, and then there's all of the instrumentation and so it's like all of those layers I can't absorb at the same time on the first time, so it takes me multiple times to listen through, which is part of the reason why I wanted to listen to this album at least like four times so that I could like try to absorb m- more of the layers um, and get it. So like I didn't even know what any of the words to any of the songs were until the third time that I listened through. <laughs> um, and then And then I kind of had an idea of what some of the words were, but still not enough. And that's why I like watched it with the lyrics on YouTube so that I was like, oh, that's what she's singing. Like, it's really hard for me to absorb words, especially like that being said, when it even though it's hard to like um, be introduced to new songs, I feel like having the idea to. uh review not review but like cover our experience of listening to these on the podcast gives me like a great excuse and a great like opportunity to listen to a lot more of the taylor swift music than i would in preparation for the concert if we weren't doing it on the podcast
0: yeah i am glad that you're listening to it because i am looking forward to the day where i can just like put on a taylor swift playlist and we can just like sing along in the car together
1: i was thinking that like Like as I was listening to this, I was like, oh, this would be like a great song to like add to like a playlist or something. And then I was like, we should just like, like as we're, I don't know, like for a segment on the podcast, but like um, as we go through the albums, like add them to a Taylor Swift specific playlist. And then like anytime we're in the car, listen to those, but like specifically the songs that we have listened to um, prior to that point. And then each time we like cover a new album, like add the next ones. Um, specifically because, like, I was like, oh, I love listening to this album all the way through, but, like, now I'm going to listen to the next one. And I'm thinking there probably won't be another time between now and when we see the concert that I will, like, sit down and listen to this first album all the way through, but I don't want to forget the songs that, like, I listened to because I still want to be prepared just in case she plays some of these debuts, you know? Uh, Um,
0: I think at the end of this, we should, like, pull out which two songs we hope that she plays as the... Yeah. Is the uh, surprise songs. Granted, I think my, the two songs that I hope for kind of shift like from month to month depending on like which songs I'm in the mood to hear from her. But there are like a lot that, you know, I'd be happy with.
1: From this album, is there one song that you would hope would be one of the surprise songs?
0: Yeah, I think our song. Mm -hmm. I'd also be happy with Picture to Burn. Or, like, Teardrops on My Guitar. I mean, there's a lot on, like, any one of these, really, I'd be happy with if she did. But, you know, there's some that I would want more. And I think our song and Picture to Burn and Teardrops would probably be my
1: three that I would be like, yes! (laughs) Oh, speaking of, this is something I wanted to tell you. When I, like, pulled up the album for the first time and I saw, you know, Teardrops is, what, number two or three um, Mm -hmm. on the, the album list. I thought it was... I was like, oh, I didn't know that she did a cover of a Beatles song.
0: Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay, so that's – the Beatles are another thing that I love. Like, I love the Beatles so much. And you just, like, could not care less about them.
1: Yeah, kind of. You've showed me a couple of songs. Actually, you showed me a bunch of songs. And it's just – can't get into it, babe. I'm sorry. I like,
0: thought, like, for sure. It's
1: pretty it, boring music.
0: It's not. They are so good. They are so good.
1: So good. If they're good, how come I don't like them?
0: Because you have terrible taste in music sometimes.
1: Maybe I have terrible taste in women. You want to go there? No.
0: Okay. That's what I thought. Um,
1: <laughs> no, but, like, seriously, I thought Teardrops on My Guitar was a cover of that What's it called? While my guitar, While my guitar gently, gently weeps. weeps.
0: <laughs> uh, such a good song. Such a great song. And I
1: don't know what that song sounds like, um, even I though just, I
0: played it for you like four or five times.
1: Right. I mm-hmm. just ha- recognized the name of the song. Well, obviously, I didn't recognize what the actual name of the song was. I just recognized what the name was kind of like, and so I started listening to it. And I was like, "This doesn't sound like Beatles. Like, even if it was like a country." Uh, adaptation of it Uh, and then I looked it up I'm like oh while my guitar gently weeps teardrops on my guitar different things
0: yes both are great and I will fight you on that one
1: I concede that half of those two songs is pretty good
0: I don't understand why you don't like the Beatles I just don't get it
1: I just I haven't listened to a Beatles song that I genuinely enjoyed listening and didn't hope was like usually you'll play like a me a Beatles song and I'm just, like, dying for it to be over.
0: They're, like, yeah. And I've tried to play from, like, different eras of the Beatles. Because I feel like the Beatles, kind of like Taylor Swift, have, like, gone in and out of genres. Um, well, not, like, I guess the Beatles not completely, like, in and out of genres. But, like, their sound from the beginning to the middle to the end, like, changed so much. And so I tried to play, like, different, like, eras, like, so to speak, for the Beatles. And, like... It just, like, did not hit with you. And I thought for sure, like, if there's going to be a song that he likes, it's going to be, like, back in the USSR or, like, something off of the White Album. And you just, like, you just, I don't, I don't get it. I just, (laughs) I just don't get it. I can't understand how I married someone that doesn't like the Beatles. Like, if I had known this beforehand, this would have been a deal breaker, you know? But then you had to make me go and fall in love with you, so.
1: Wow. I snuck through the the gatekeeping by, uh, what's the phrase? By a hair or something? Yeah. Like, I snuck through the gate by a slim hair. <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say. Maybe. So, I, I have no idea, really. Like, I can't even remember any of the Beatles songs that you've, like, showed me. Like, if I had to name a Beatles song that I, like, could think of the music, it would be, I know, Hey Jude just from like popular, like
0: from Ted Lasso. Pop culture.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Ted Lasso. But like it's in pop culture a lot. And then I know Eleanor Rigby, um, from like boys choir in seventh grade. Um, we sang that, but like, even Hey Jude, I know lots of people love it, but it's like, it's a boring song to me. And it's not like, it's like when you turn music on, I want the music to like make me feel something in my body. Like, you know, make me tap my toes or like, you know, I want to like bop my head and you know, it's like, I want like a physical sensation as I'm listening to the music. And like, if the song is slow or boring or doesn't have the beat or something, then it's like, I don't feel that. And if I'm not feeling anything, I don't get what the point of the music is at all. And so it's like, at that point it just becomes really boring and I want to turn it off. And it's like, Hey Jude is like that. And like a couple other (sighs) the Beatles songs are like that.
0: Okay. I saw Paul McCartney in Vegas and being in a stadium full of people just singing like the na 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 that part so cool like i mean that whole concert was amazing but like hey jude and then um uh the other one oh what was the other one let it be where there's kind of like a big refrain at the end that like repeats a lot like those two songs were the best just because of like everyone in the uh stadium and i know we're like getting super sidetracked on the beatles but my friend (laughs) my friend took me to the concert um just kind of like last minute and i went and i was like yeah the beatles are cool and like paul mccartney is like great or whatever and then i went and i realized how many of the songs i knew and how often i had like just heard it because my parents like my mom had like a greatest hits CD for the Beatles that she would play while she was like cleaning the house or whatever. And I was like, oh, I actually like know most of these songs and I like didn't even realize it. And I think that was kind of like a turning point for me for from where I was like, yeah, the Beatles are great and like fine and whatever to like, no, actually I do really, really like the Beatles.
1: I'm happy for you. I'm glad you like the Beatles. I will support you in... uh... I will forever be sad. I think, okay, if there is an album with music that I that you genuinely think that I would like from the Beatles, I think it would have to be like, I'd have to be in the mood. I have to be mentally prepared in a situation similar to approaching this Taylor Swift album where I like approach it, like with the intent to like get as much as I can out of it. And like, that's my sole focus for me to like enjoy it. And I'd have to listen to it through like four times. Cause it's like, if you like show me a song for the first time and you're like, do you like it? It's like, I don't know yet. Probably not. But if I listen to it like four or five more times, maybe I will. Who's to say, you know, um, and it's hard to like for you to introduce me to song and be like, OK, we're going to listen to this straight through four times and for me to not get bored. Right. Um, right. But if it was if like I could dedicate an afternoon <laughs> to like, all right, today my project is learning this Beatles album. Maybe I would come away thinking like, yeah, you know, what? I actually like a lot more of this music than I thought.
0: That's our uh, next project after we go through Taylor Swift's discography. It's going to be the Beatles.
1: And then we have to go see a Beatles cover band or something.
0: Yeah. See if Paul McCartney's still touring in his 80s.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So what is the next Taylor Swift album after the debut?
0: Next one is Fearless. Okay. And this, I think, might be my favorite album from hers.
1: Ooh. At least
0: it was for a very, very long time. I think... Because I had listened mostly to the beginning stuff and I was kind of a snob about, like, the later stuff when she got more into pop. I think now that I'm listening to some of it, there's more that I'm enjoying. But for a very long time, it was fearless.
1: Okay. Is – so I, think, I wanted to come back around to the Taylor's version. Is there a fearless Taylor's version? Yes. Okay. So I – let's save the discussion for, like, what Taylor's version means. Yes. Um until the next episode. Sounds but I do good. want to ask in preparation for that, should I listen to the Taylor's version? Should I listen to the original? Should I listen to both? I would like, say both. Okay.
0: Let's, I mean, they're the same songs for the most part. Taylor's version adds a couple more, um, but we can kind of talk about some of the differences that you notice from like the early album to the later album. I also think that this Taylor's version is one of her best songs. Okay. Um, Taylor's versions, the fearless one. But there is a difference between like young Taylor who is close to the material and like more connected to um, the stories behind them than like older Taylor looking back in her thirties. So. Okay. We can save that.
1: I'm excited. Um, So how many albums does she have? Like 12?
0: 11, I think. There's a debut, fearless, speak now. Red, 1989, Reputation, um, Lover, Folklore, Evermore, Midnights. Oh, that's done.
1: Okay. So I'm just trying to think like what's the best plan for how often we will do Taylor Swift album? Because I was thinking right now we are hoping, quote unquote, to release podcast episodes biweekly. And if we did one a month... Then that would be every time that it was your turn to introduce me to something. We will do Taylor Swift, and we won't get like anything else. Which right now, like we're like trying to lean away from like movies and TV shows because of the strike. Um, which you know, leaning towards music is like a great like thing to fall back on. But also, I don't want to only do music, right?
0: Right. Yeah, I think we're gonna have to figure out a good pace for this. Um,
1: and we could talk about that like off the podcast, right? In our you know secret room where it happens. That sounds sexual. It wasn't meant to be sexual. <laughs> Maybe it was. Who knows? I'm going to bleep that out. <laughs> no, I'm blushing. Okay. Well, um, I think that's that's a great point to wrap up uh, our discussion on uh, Taylor Swift's debut album. Thank you for listening, everybody. It's your turn to lead us out. Oh, yeah. Let me pull up the <laughs> notes. Our song is a slam screen door. Snaking out
0: and tapping, tapping on, on your, your
1: window. window
0: when you're on the phone and, and you, you talk, talk real slow
1: because it's late and your mama, mama don't know. know. Yeah, I really like that one.
0: It is a really good song.
1: It is, as Sydney would say, a certified bop. A cert- what did you say, certified banger or a bop and a half? Or
0: I've said a lot of a those. A lot of those. <laughs> certified bop, I think, is the one I use the most.
1: We, um, fun fact like last year. Um, Sydney had the idea to go through the, like what, Rolling Stones top 100 albums or top 500 albums?
0: Yeah. I still want to do that. Oh, really? I still think we should.
1: And we thought like we could make a podcast out of it or like a TikTok series or something. And we were like trying to like brainstorm ideas. And one of them was like the Certified Bop Project.
0: Yeah. You know, I still, I still actually really want to do that. And I think I will. At some point I just like, you know, I always overcommit to like everything in my life and like never have enough time for everything, but I have a job where I can like listen to music while I do it. So like maybe I should just start doing something with it at least. I don't know. Listeners, let us know if you are interested in the certified bot project.
1: Or if you have a better name idea.
0: <laughs> I like that name though. Okay, I do It's I ba- it's like very it too. me. All right, take us out, babe.
1: This has been another episode of thanks for participating. I've been Josh and she's been Sydney. Oh wait, no, she's been Josh and I've been Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and once again, thank you for listening. You can find me on Instagram at Josh is rich, uh, separated out by underscore. I don't, I, I want to change it. Cause it's so awkward to say Josh underscore is underscore rich, but it, it looks really cool. um, and Sydney is at Dip Your Chicken. Um, you can find the podcast at TFP underscore Pod on Instagram or TFP underscore Show on Twitter. Or I guess X now. I guess that's a thing.
0: I'm still calling it Twitter in protest because Elon Musk is a
1: dub. If everybody continues to call it Twitter, then it will just become like one of those nouns that transcend copyright or whatever, like Kleenex. Uh, like regardless of the brand of tissue, it's a Kleenex. Right. The
0: Delta Center.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. So the the Delta Center was the. Yeah. Um, Okay. You can also support the show by ordering some podcast merch. The link to our T Public store is in the show notes. You can send us mail um, to participating.podcast at gmail.com. Please rate and review the show on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Our cover art is by Vaishon Brandon. Find him at Designs on Instagram. And our podcast theme music is by Mitch Fry at Firefry underscore on Instagram and Mitch Fry Music on YouTube.
0: All right. That's been it, listeners. We love you and thank you again for participating.
1: And thanks for being the only thing that keeps me wishing on a wishing star.
0: Uh... The song
1: in the car, I keep singing, don't know why I do. That's a good one. All right, bye.